This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, DOD denies not of this world of vehicles. That's correct. DOD is denying not of this world of vehicles. You might ask, what are we talking about? Well, of course, recently we had the Senate Intelligence Subcommittee hearings with the Department of Defense, where at least one defense consultant seemed to claim that the Defense Department was in possession of vehicles not of this world possibly retrieved from UFO crashes and re-engineered, just like Bob Lazar had claimed so many years ago. But now it seems that the Defense Department is once again going to set the record straight. Now, from theblackvault.com, that's theblackvault.com, this is quite a repository of UFO knowledge. Let me tell you this. We have an article published by John Greenwald. It says, In the Fringe UFO Phenomena. And this came out, I believe, yesterday. And the title is, On the Trail of the A-Tip UFO PowerPoint Slide. Now, of course, that's a PowerPoint slide that was shown at that subcommittee hearing that I just mentioned that talks about vehicles not of this world. In other words, UFOs. And of course, as you might imagine, the New York Times and some of the key players are tied into this. And as we go through this article, I want to go ahead and I want to uh, expand a little bit on some of these players because they keep coming up over and over again. And we're going to be talking about them, I think, a little bit in future podcasts. Now, you can find links to articles at the Twitter account, UFO Warning or get there by going to at warning sub UFO. And while you're there, go ahead and uh, do a follow. Now, the article starts off, it says, that this was originally published August 5th, 2020. John Greenwald Jr., The Black Vault. Okay, he says, the year 2020 has brought a global pandemic, major earthquakes, a massive explosion in Beirut, and even the acknowledgement of the UFO reality by the U.S. Navy. The year got a bit more bizarre when in late July, the New York Times published bombshell revelations about off-world vehicles and even showed a slide from the Pentagon's secret UFO program, which appeared to have solidified the claim. But today, in a statement given directly to the Black Vault, the Pentagon denies the use of that slide in any official capacity and says off-world vehicles do not fit into any official position of the U.S. government. So there you go. There's the slide I was just talking about, reported by the New York Times to show that the Defense Department is in position of off-world vehicles. But they're coming out and they're saying, no, no way. Now, I would just point out here, keep in mind what we're reading this article and talking about it. 
don't forget the New York Times, that was the paper that came into possession of the three Navy UFO videos, the Tic Tac video that was taken in 2004 off the coast of California, and then the two other UFO videos, uh, Go Fast and Gimbal, that were taken off the east coast of the United States off of the aircraft carrier Theodore Roosevelt. Those three videos, and or at least snippets of those original videos, it sounds like, were obtained by the New York Times, who in turn passed them along to Louis Elizondo and to the Academy of the Stars, Tom DeLonge's group. That's what that's what the story's been all along, at least. So once again, we see the New York Times playing a pivotal role in this, what some would call, disclosure that the Defense Department is supposedly in possession of off-world vehicles. In other words, UFOs. But the Department of Defense has found this, uh, has found this so-called uh, revelation by the New York Times uh, to be important enough that they come out and, 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 and categorically deny it. Now it says, quote, That slide was not used by DOD in any briefing on this subject and does not represent the department's position. Pentagon spokesperson Susan Gow said to the Black Vaults in an emailed statement, The slide appears to be one used by a subcontractor who had worked under the AAWSAP contract in briefings by the subcontractor after ATIP ended. Okay, this, these are the words of Mrs. Gao, or Goff, however, however you say your name. She says, that slide was not used by the Department of Defense in any briefing. Kind of splitting hairs there. Not by the Department of Defense... But the contractor never said that. He said, "I." He said this, that Mr. Davis, we'll talk about later, he said that he used this slide in a presentation to the Defense Department. So let's not just say this thing wasn't used in, in a meeting, but what they're saying very carefully, look how carefully she chooses her words, that slide was not used by DOD in any briefing. Well, it wasn't used by them, but it was used to them, okay? So they're not really denying that this thing wasn't in their presence, or they weren't, this wasn't brought to their attention, let's say. It goes on and says, Pentagon spokesperson Susan Gao said to the Black Vault in an emailed statement, the slide appears to be one used by a subcontractor who had worked under the AAWSAP contract. Now remember, this AWSAP was uh, the entity that was created to replace ATEP. And what have we learned about that? Well, new boss the same as the old boss. Except for Louis Elizondo. That boss moved on the TSSA. He's now on the History Channel quite frequently. But the actual bureaucratic structure is there. Not working uh, under the uh, supervision of the Defense Department now, but now working under naval intelligence. So they took their little, they they, they, they took their MIBs, I guess you could call them, and they moved them out of the Defense Department, and they moved them over to another office, maybe across town, in Navy intelligence, and they changed the acronym. But they're doing the same thing, pretty much, is what it looks like. 
It says the single slide Gal was referring to was printed in the New York Times on July 28, 2020, as part of their Times Insider section. The slide broke down information relating to the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or ATIP, and it talked about advanced aerial vehicles, AAVs, that included those from off-world. This slide seemed to reinforce previously published statements from Dr. Eric Davis, who also told the Times that he was giving classified briefings about off-world vehicles not made on this earth, even as recently as March of this year to staff members of multiple U.S. Senate committees. Now, before I get going here much further, let's talk about, let's just name the players, okay? Because this story could get a little bit complicated. We have Navy Office of Intelligence. Those are the guys with ATIP. We have the Defense uh, Department of Defense. Okay, that's what we're talking about right now. They kind of encompass the whole thing. We're nested. This is what we do with this kind of stuff. We nest it. And the human players we have are Louis Elizondo and Eric Davis, Dr. Eric Davis. These are two guys, uh, Elizondo in charge of ATIP, Dr. Eric Davis working uh, as a consultant with the Department of Defense, and his specialty is uh, pretty much anything to do with outer space, uh, UFOs, propulsion, propulsion systems. I mean, this guy, it, he he's a full-blown uh, scientist, physicist, published physicist. He's a serious individual. And you can watch some of his stuff he's put out there, interviews and stuff. Uh, he's a real deal. People can talk about someone like Bob Lazar and question his... Um, his, his, you, can, you can question Bob Lazar's, um, his as far as where he graduated from, his educational bona fides, but this guy here, he's the real deal. He's Dr. Dr. Uh, Eric Davis. He, he has a PhD. He's a published uh, author. Okay, He's working as a consultant for the Department of Defense. No denial. Zero denial. And he says, hey, I was talking to these guys about off-world vehicles. That's where this slide comes from. And this all comes out in this interview with the New York Times. Now, before I get into the article any further, I want to go in here to... um, I want to go in here to what we have as far as... uh, The Wikipedia page for Advanced Aerospace Threat Threat Identification Program. When you think of ATIP, think of Louis Elizondo. Okay? This is kind of the root right here. This is where we kind of... This is undoubtedly, you know, uh, the military has been investigating UFOs for a long time. But it seems like almost that as far as what you would call the millennial era... 2000 newer, but this is, you know, anything past the blue book. This is the modern era of UFO, of UFO investigation. And it involves people like Harry Reid and Louis, and Louis Elizondo. And the exact program is called Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification. Now, I have the link at the Twitter account, UFO Warning. You can go there and link to it. And just, I'm going to read the first paragraph. The Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, AATIP, or ATIP, was an unclassified but unpublicized investigatory effort funded by the United States government to study 
flying objects. That's unidentified flying objects, I'm sorry. The program began in 2007 with funding of $22 million over the five years until the available appropriations were ended in 2012. Don't forget, Louis Elizondo and ATIP were also tied up and involved with Bob Bigelow and his aerospace company out there in Nevada. Okay. This program began in 2007 with the funding of $22 million over five years until the available appropriations were ended in 2012. The program began in the Defense Intelligence Agency. That's the DIA. It says the successor is the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. That's what we have now. So that's the one. So we've gone from we've gone from ATIP to Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. These are the guys that Mark Rubio says are going to give us a report every six months. It says the legal status was secret, formally disbanded, purpose, study of unidentified flying objects, leader, Louis Elizondo, budget, $22 million over five years. According to the defense According to the Department of Defense, ATIP ended in 2012 after five years. However, reporting suggested that U.S. government programs to investigate the UFOs continued. This was confirmed in June of 2020 with the acknowledgement of a similar military program, the unclassified but previously unreported Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, a group including Louis Elizondo, who was an ATIP program director. Now remember when this all first came out, they tried to throw Elizondo under the bus, said, no such program, no such guy. Well, we know that was all not true now. A group including Louis Elizondo, who was an ATIP program director, founded a public benefit corporation to the STARS Academy of Arts and Science. So this thing, just rabbit hole, man, you get in it, and it just seems like you just go deeper and deeper and deeper. So these are the people that we're working with. Right now. Right now. It comes out, we have a consultant says that the Department of Defense is in possession of back-engineered spacecraft, basically. The same thing Bob Lazar said 35 years ago. Only he calls these things vehicles not of this world, or off-world vehicles. Basically says that these things were recovered uh, recovered from a crash. Uh, the Department of Defense and those guys got them going again. And we've got them. That's pretty interesting stuff. That's pretty cool. And who does he say he knows in there? Well, he tells us. He says, well, I reported to ATEP. Who was in charge of ATEP? Well, you can watch an interview, and we'll talk about this later, but Eric Davis says that sounds like Louis Elizondo was a top, he was a big dog, the big dog in the pile. That's who his boss reported to. Louis Elizondo's not a chump. Louis, Louis Elizondo was the guy, okay? I mean, he was the man, and he had access to all this stuff, and somehow it was unclassified. Now... He's got this public benefit company he belongs to with Tom DeLong. That's weird. That whole thing is strange. So, here I thought it was a for-profit company, but apparently it's kind of a hybrid between a for-profit and a non-profit. These guys aren't stupid, I'll give them that. 
Wow. You could go on a whole day and talk about Louis Elizondo, Tom DeLonge, and that company. And we don't even have time to get into it right now, but I just want to... I just want to bring in that this here here he comes up again over and over and over. It's like all this information, all this disclosure that comes out. It's like a pyramid. At the top of that pyramid is a former punk rocker. And Louis Elizondo, former, well, some people would call him a deep stater even. Seems like a nice enough guy. I don't know. So there's Louis. And to his credit... I mean, after the Defense Department threw him under the bus and said, I mean, they just basically called him a liar on national TV. But then we find out that Louis wasn't lying. Not at all. And the State Department said that that program was discontinued. But from what Dr. Eric Davis tells us, the program was not discontinued. The program was given a new acronym. It was moved to a different building. They gave it a different boss because Louis had moved on to bigger and brighter things, but it wasn't ended. So now as we, as we look at these players, we have to ask ourselves, which of these people, Elizondo, Davis, Gal, or Goff, whatever her name is, which of these people are believable and which of these people are less believable? Now I heard Davis say that he thinks that sometimes the people that are spokespeople for the Defense Department don't even know what's going on. So he wouldn't say they're lying. He's just saying that they say things that they don't know about. And we're going to get into his interview uh, here within the next few days. Now, I want to look at another player here. Just if we can just get through this. We have to look at the Susan Gow because, quite frankly, um, it's pretty interesting stuff. Just let me get this brought up here very quickly. And I don't know what to think about her. I put a link at the Twitter account, UFO Warning. And you can go there and take a look at this at this LinkedIn profile about this lady. Susan Gal. Here's what it says. Strategic planner and spokesperson. Colonel, I think is what it means. C-O-L-R at... U.S. Department of Defense, U.S. Department of Defense, U.S. Army War College, and then it says activity, has some activities here, and then it says experience, senior strategic planner and spokesperson, U.S. Department of Defense, March 2009 through present, 11 years and six months. So see, she was there during much of that uh, ATEP time that it was going on. Now, whether she knew about it, who knows. It says, Associate Strategic Communication Team, Booz Allen Hamilton, big defense contractor, if I remember correctly, says she was there from 2006 to 2009, provided expert advice to Department of Defense and other U.S. government agencies, strategic communication, organizational change, psychological operations, and information operations policy, concept, doctrine, plan, and strategy development and implementation, provided full-time on-site staff support to OSD Public Affairs. Now listen, she's a serious person. She's not a, a receptionist. Okay, Colonel? She's a, I mean, I... I 
I think that this has been overlooked. It says here, active duty officer, 1981 to 2006. 25 years in the military. 25 years. Education, U.S. Army War College, Master of Science, Strategic Studies, 2002-2003. Michigan State University, 77-81, a Bachelor of Science in Psychology. And then groups she belongs to, PSYOP, IO Global, I guess that's information, I think, office, and then Strategic Communications. Wow. That's a serious... That, that's a very... Uh, that's a very serious uh, resume there. Now she's a person. She's a point person for the Pentagon, and you see, you see what's going on here in the military, into defense contracting, back into government work. I wonder when she's going to go to work for Tom DeLong. I wonder when that move's going to come along. This stuff's a little frightening to me, actually. These are the people that. I think maybe even some of the people that listen to this podcast think are going to give them disclosure on UFOs. Let's get real. You are dealing with individuals that are not dumb, okay? I would imagine if you take if you take a Susan Gal or Goff, whatever her name is, or you take a Louis Elizondo, or you take an Eric Davis there. And you match their IQ test up against, uh, well, you know, let's just say it, the senator that's questioning them, they're going to blame away. I mean, you're talking about people with probably with IQs of 140. These guys are, I, I would imagine these people have near genius level IQs. They're not stupid. They may not have a soul. I don't know. I haven't met any of them. I mean, I'm just saying that facetiously. But they, I don't think they're stupid. I really don't. They may get compartmentalized and make bad decisions from time to time. But I don't think you should underestimate these people. I really don't. And I don't think that we should just follow them like sheep. I think people with these kind of resumes, who have lifetimes of work like this, I don't think they're sheep. I think they could be wolves. I'm just saying, I could be wrong. But I don't expect any of these guys to give me disclosure about the UFO phenomena. You know, I just expect them to do their job, make a lot of money, and keep going back and forth between uh, working for the government, working for the military, and working for defense contractors, and then doing stints on the History Channel. That's what I expect. But the whole thing, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about anybody, but the whole thing just looks... uh, Wow. You know, it's one of those things you look at it and you're just like, wow. Yeah, there's something to this. Now, those are the two main human players. Louis Elizondo, of course, from ATEP now working for the, you know, he's revolved into to the Academy of Stars. He's basically become a UFO celebrity. And then you have this Miss Susan Gow. Looks like a 25-year career person, colonel in the Army, it looks like. Uh, worked for a defense contractor. She's uh, big into PSYOPs. Uh, that's her deal, man. She's put out there as a point person for the Defense Department to keep this stuff under wraps, from what I can see. And at first, at first when I heard it, I thought, wow, this poor lady, they're just dumping this stuff on her. You know, they're, she's give, they're giving her a job that nobody else wants. But the more I look at her, the more I think, nah, you know something? She's tough. I think this is her deal. I think, I think this is her specialty. 
I wouldn't want to cross her. Okay, it goes on here, and there's one other person I want to look at real quick. And that is... Um, we can get him here. This guy is super interesting, and I'll get back to the article. That is this Eric Davis. I put a link on him there, too. Okay, Just go over to the UFO warning on the Twitter account, at warning sub UFO. This Eric Davis... Man, this dude's like, I mean, he's super intelligent. He, I mean, his IQ might be at 170. I mean, he is, uh, he, I guess I would call him a top-level astrophysicist, maybe. He's written uh, scientific papers, it looks like, because he's had it published. He's worked for uh, the, the Defense Department as a consultant. I see him in a recent interview, which I want to talk about later in another podcast, where he talks about how he's now doing unpaid work as a consultant to the military. And this dude, you I talking to him, uh, he's he he he's in complete control. There's a you can I'll try to post it in the next couple of days. There is an interview with him and uh, the Washington Post has that uh, little series they do online with Nick Pope and the other fellow that's in the basement or something it's called. And this guy uh, he totally controls that interview. I mean, he, it's the guy doing the interviews, he's, he does a good job interviewing, and he's and he's a. I really think he's a serious investigator. But when you see this Eric Davis talk and how he handles himself, uh, his his social skills are top one percent. I mean, I I just don't see him lying about this. Put it that way. I just don't. I don't see him as people can say things about Bob Lazar. They can say, well, this doesn't add up or that doesn't add up. Turns out there was some, seems like there was some pretty sketchy stuff done to Bob. This guy's a little different. This guy, I mean, he's like armor-plated. No one's going to be able to come along and say, well, I don't think his credentials work. Oh, no, his credentials are just fine. I mean, his credentials are are, 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 per, are pretty admirable. So when he comes out and says, hey, the, Depart- the Department of Defense has this vehicle that's not, that's not made on planet Earth, he's got my attention immediately. Has my attention immediately. I... I'd go on there and take a look at that. I mean, it just says, uh, I'm not going to go through and read the whole article, but it, it goes down and has a whole bio on this guy. It says he is a fellow of the British Interplanetary Society, senior member of the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics, a member of the Association of Former Intelligence Officers. Whoa! A member of the Association of F- Former Intelligence officers. Wow. And a member of the American Astronomical Society. He has served in the capacity of chief executive officer and chairman as well as board director for these and other chapters of professional engineering organizations. You have an extremely high-Q individual who specializes in all kinds of techniques involving making things go fast. He has this background in intelligence. He has a background in the sciences. He works as this consultant to the Department of Defense. Do you see the door going round and round and round? You know, many years ago when I went to college, I had an old university, rather. I had an old professor. He was 78 at the time. Told me, told us in a small postgrad class. He said, Universities are for sorting. This is where we sort 
the very gifted individuals. Of course, I wasn't one of them. But that's what they do in these places. And you see guys like him who have been sorted out 30, 40 years ago and fast-tracked into these programs because they went into the universities, they tested them, they very quickly found out uh, where these guys' aptitudes were at, that they had extremely high IQ levels. And that's why you see so many of these fellows tied up with uh, the government working in, working on government research, working as consultants to the government. I mean, it's a whole labyrinth, a system, where these guys are vacuumed into it. So just think about that for one second. When you, when you turn the TV on, someone's like, oh, well, the government's going to give us disclosure. There's a lot of dumb people in government. Absolutely. The majority of them probably are not very bright, and that's why they're there. But at the top, you have people that may not be socially or emotionally very intelligent, but intellectually, they're brilliant. And you have to just keep that in mind. They're not going to be tricked into giving you disclosure. Okay, If you're being told something, I mean, they're playing 3D chess with you. If you're being told something, there's a reason you're being told something. So when I read these newspaper articles about recent disclosure and it's all on the verge of happening... I'm very doubtful about that because I am cognizant of who the players are. And you should be who cognizant of who the players are. When you read this article through and you, you see a name, Louis Elizondo, you might not even think about this guy. But think about it. Former intelligence guy, now working for DeLong. He's, he's a History Channel guy. Think about Mrs. Gal there. Career military person. Specializes in psyops and communicating with the masses. Okay, she's not. She, she she's not she's not the receptionist that got promoted into this thing. Okay, you're dealing with serious individuals. It's like Mr. Eric Davis here, physicist, astrophysicist. I mean, this guy's brilliant. That's the people mentioned in this article. These are serious individuals. Keep that in mind. Now, I want to go back and just quickly finish up the article here because I know we're running long. And kind of get into what was what was said about everything. It says, uh, the single slide Gal was referring to was printed in the New York Times on July 28, 2020 as part of the Times Insider section. The slide broke down information relating to... The slide broke down information relating to the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or ATIP, and it talked about advanced aerial vehicles that included those from off-world. This slide seemed to reinforce previously published statements from Eric, Dr. Eric Davis, who also told the New York Times that he was giving classified briefings about off-world vehicles not made on this earth, even as recently as March of this year, to staff members of multiple U.S. Senate committees. And of course, we've all been keeping up with that. Now it says, worldwide coverage of these claims quickly ensued after the New York Times published their piece, which later became marred with multiple corrections. The most critical piece of the information retracted by the New York Times was a claim that Senator Harry Reid believed that off-world vehicles may have crashed on Earth. Now you can go back a few days ago and listen to the podcast. We talked about this where Harry Reid was quoted in an interview about the off-world vehicles. I kind of wonder if, if, if he didn't say that. He says he didn't. But the, 
just go back and listen to the podcast. You have to wonder, you know, Harry Reid backtracks on off-world vehicles. You know, it makes you think maybe he said something off the record that wasn't supposed to be repeated, and the guy just got excited and repeated it. I don't know. Very interesting situation, though. Also, so it says the most critical piece of information retracted by the New York Times was a claim that Senator Harry Reid believed that off-world vehicles may have crashed on Earth. Other information was also corrected within the article as noted. But additionally, there was at least one additional correction made that remains unacknowledged by the New York Times. Although Dr. Davis's claims remain untouched for now, it does invoke tones of strong skepticism from those that may seek evidence confirming such a bombshell revelation. Plain and simple, the claim has come with none as acknowledged by the New York Times itself. Quote, the constraints on discussing classified programs and the ambiguity of information cited in unclassified slides from the briefings have put officials who have studied UFOs in the position of stating their views without presenting any hard evidence, their July 23rd article stated. With this lack of evidence and the corrections that haunt the original New York Times story, should the slide be considered genuine? Luis Elizondo, who has stated since late 2017 that he led the ATIP program for many years, says you should. And he says... He even utilized visuals that were very, very similar, if not exact, to the slide in question. Remember, we just talked about Louis Elizondo. Serious individual. He ran ATEP. They came out, and you can say they were incorrect, but some people would say they lied about Louis. They threw him under the bus and claimed they didn't know him. But we find out that's not true. Louis ran this program. First name basis with guys like Senator Harry Reid. So I have to tend to believe Louis when he says that we should take this stuff seriously. When Elizondo was asked about the Pentagon's denial, he was not surprised to see what he felt was not the full truth. Well, you know what they say if it's not the full truth, it's a partial lie. And that's even more dangerous. DOD is only putting out half the truths here. Susan has no clue who we briefed and on what topics, Elizondo asserted. I know for certain my predecessor had very pointed briefings with very senior personnel, and it likely included information similar to what's on this slide. I think he's given Susan the benefit of the doubt. Now, we just talked about Susan Gow, or Goff, or whatever her name is. I don't think she's a dummy. Check out her LinkedIn profile. I got a link to it at the Twitter account. I think if you look at her resume, you will find out that she's got lots and lots of experience. Maybe she didn't know anything. I don't know. But man, you got to wonder if she was just told not to say anything. Maybe this stuff was so top secret, she didn't have a choice. I'm not, I'm not calling anybody a liar. I'm not trying to disperge anybody. I'm just saying... None of these guys are dummies. Now we go on here, it says, Despite the stark differences in claims, Elizondo and the Pentagon do seem to agree on at least one thing. There is no official definition for off-world vehicles. Both parties were asked about official definitions. Since in the world of DOD, most everything has an official interpretation, as indicated by the 376-page DOD Dictionary of Military and Associated Terms, which, for the record, 
does not include off-world. When asked about the official stance of what off-world technology really meant, Elizondo said, quote, There is no official definition in the DoD lexicon that I am aware of defining the term off-world. The Pentagon stated the same, with Goff telling the Black Vault, off-world is not an official term or designation in DOT. At least it appears all parties agree on that point. I don't know, maybe it's in the new lexicon for the Space Force. Or maybe it's in that big dictionary, big black book dictionary back there somewhere in the DOD with all of the uh, words that we're not allowed to speak. Kind of like in the original Men in Black movie, you know, where they go back and have all the little aliens in the file cabinet. It says, in the course of researching the ATIP slide, the Black Vault discovered that a very similar graphic was used in a lecture by Dr. Hal Putoff, a former member of the now-defunct Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, B-A-A-S-S, subsidiary of Bigelow Aerospace. Remember, I just told you, ATEP and Louis Elizondo and Harry Reid and Bigelow Space Industries. Remember all that? How that all ties in together? It says here, Bass was the organization reported to have received the $22 million contract, which was known as the Advanced Aerospace Weapons System Applications Program. Sounds like $20 million is That must be just about the right number. $20 million for ATIP, $20 million for AAWSAP. Wow. The similar slide was utilized in 2018 by Dr. Podoff in a joint conference of the Security for Scientific Exploration and the International Remote Viewing Association. Remember the Men Stereo Ghost movie? Remote viewing. So they're they're not just investigating stuff like uh, UFOs. They're into all kinds of paranormal stuff, man. They're into remote viewing. Uh, you know, there's been talk about uh, research being done with, with uh, all kinds of different drugs and stuff. I mean, these guys these guys are looking at a lot of different things. Basically, they're into the paranormal. And it looks like they view the UFO as some type of paranormal. The header was left justified versus center justified, it says, and the word possibly was added by Dr. Putoff to say possibly off-world when referencing anomalous aerial vehicles. Other than that, the PowerPoint template was a match. The font was a match. The font coloring was a match. And the overall styling was a match. In other words, these guys just used the same, the same slide. Did a, did, a, did a presentation in 2018. Did another one in 2019. Same song, second dance is what it sounds like. Made a couple minor changes, maybe. I don't know. Dr. Putoff did not address the insertion of the word, but he does admit to making the slides published by the New York Times and also says that it is official. In a statement given to the Black Vault, Dr. Putoff said, Since BAASS was an official contractor involved in providing briefings as part of its duties, it was official. Remember this. When the government has an official contractor do something, they can take all that paperwork, shove it in a file cabinet at the, at the contractor's office, and then when you send them a FOIA request, they can just stamp return to sender on it. Okay? Very convenient. goes on here, it says, Since Bass was an official contractor involved in providing briefings as part of its duties, 
it was official. Leslie Keene, investigative journalist who co who co write I think they mean co-wrote the New York Times piece and is credited for having supplied the slide to the New York Times after receiving it from an anonymous source. That's nice, anonymous. Told the Black Vault, as for the slide, yes, it was originally created by a contractor and used for years in ATIP briefings. For years! They've known about this for years. And they're so comfortable with the notion of UFOs that they didn't even bother to change the slide when they did their presentations. You got that? They were so comfortable with the notion of UFOs that when they went to talk about them to the government, they didn't even bother to change the slide. That's interesting. The content of the slide did not change, but various versions of the slide have markings appropriate to the briefing venue. One of two things. Either they know it's real and nobody has any more point talking about it because they can't figure out what it is, or they're just going through the motions to get paid for the $20 million over five years. I don't know. It goes on and says, It was thought that the Pentagon may have been referring to Dr. Putoff's 2018 lecture post, ATIP's 2012 defunding and program termination when they stated... And then it says, used by a subcontractor who had worked with AAWSAP contracting briefings by the subcontractor after ATIP ended. But to ensure accuracy, the Black Vault asked specifically about the Pentagon's reference to briefings and their statement. Gao or Goff, whatever the gal's name is, responded and added, For that, I refer you to NYT, New York Times. They were the ones claiming that that, that slide had been used in briefings. It's not a DOD slide, and it was not used in any briefings as prepared for the DOD. In other words, we use contractors for this stuff. Don't send me a FOIA. I'll put a return to sender on it. Go ahead and call the New York Times. The New York Times might as well be a subcontractor for the U.S. government. Well, the deep state. They certainly don't care for our president. It says the debate on whether this slide is official and represents factual information, rages on. In fact, so does the entire nature of the, quote, UF program, unquote, itself. Many questions have arisen over the past approaching three years since it was revealed to the world, and this most recent revelation only offers up more questions than produces viable answers. In the end, one thing is for certain: the Black Vault will continue to hunt for the truth, no matter where it might be, might, where it might lead. And then signed John Greenwald. What an amazing, amazing article! Fantastic. So there you have it, folks. The Department of Defense has come out. They have uh, basically held their hand up and denied their former uh, government contractors. We see um, two or three of them listed there. You, it's just like it's a uh, it, it's one of those games, you know, where they hide they hide the uh, ball uh, like three card money. They hide the ball under the cup and they move the cups around. But instead of cups, these are acronyms for for UFO uh, hunting. Um, organizations that are held within the Department of Defense. ATIP turns into ASWAP, turns into BASS, whatever. And just to make sure that we're not allowed to find out too much, it's all shelled within private consultancies and companies where your FOIA doesn't mean much.
So, as I said, when you look at these articles, spend some time looking at the names of the people that are mentioned because they come up over and over and over again. And sometimes the players are as important as the story. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.